0: one underestimated way in which people differentiate is through community. And, you know, of course, you know, Stack Overflow, we are in the sort of the quote unquote business of building communities, whether that's external public communities or internal communities within companies or organizations to Stack Overflow for teams. And, you know, that's what we've been living for a long time.
1: Are you struggling to deploy cloud-native applications to a hybrid cloud? Do you want to become familiar with Kubernetes and Istio? IBM Cloud has a set of free hands-on training, ebooks, and an always-on free tier of services to help you learn. Visit ibm.biz/stackoverflow to learn more. That's ibm.biz/stackoverflow. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Stack Overflow podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Sarah Chips.
2: Hey, Ben. Hi,
1: Sarah. And Prashanth Chandrasekhar, our CEO here at Stack Overflow, who is celebrating his one-year anniversary. Congratulations.
2: Congrats, Prashant.
1: Yeah, we actually had the privilege of having you on before I think you were announced. And so we were sort of got to talk in the background. But this is your first time as a CEO. You did a lot of leadership at Rackspace, but now you're in that chief executive role. And what a year it has been. Tell us a little bit about how you think about managing a company through such
0: turbulent times. Yeah, no, thanks, Ben. It's been obviously a very dynamic and fast-paced year. Uh, I joined in October of 2019. So it's been literally exactly a year, but it's been fantastic. It just all in all I would say that we uh, when I first joined in 2019, late 2019. It was a really uh, to make sure that we had this long-term path for the company, and you know what is the next kind of era of Stack Overflow was really the thought process, and that continues to be. Very much, you know, the thinking and now we have a lot more solidity in our long term vision and also a natural plan and real funding and all sorts of things that I'll cover here. But in general, you know, coming in in 2019 uh, was all about uh, meeting with the team, really understanding what was going well, what things needed to improve as we uh, really progressed towards our mission of helping write the script of the future by serving developers and technologists. Uh, making sure that we had a foundational set of core values, making sure that we had our top five strategic priorities for 2020. Uh, So all those things, I think really listening to the organization to ultimately get to a plan for this year, I think was the foundation of that first quarter. Uh, The second quarter in uh, Q1 of 2020, which is really the first quarter of this year, uh, was all uh, focused on bringing in uh, some really strong executives uh, into the company and leaders we have been in the technology space for a long time. So, you know, we brought on Teresa Dietrich uh, as our Chief Product and Technology Officer. We brought on uh, Tim Miller as our Chief Revenue Officer. We brought on Jeff Justice as our VP of Customer Success. Uh, We opened up a new office in Austin and a team uh, that we launched down there focused on sales development efforts. So just in terms of adding to sort of the, the muscle of the organization in many ways relative to where we're headed, was important i think that was probably the biggest accomplishment in q1 along q1 also both uh, the last quarter of 2019 and q1 the first six months of my time was also heavily focused on uh, making sure that also listening to our community our customers talking to many community uh, moderators and really spending time on understanding how we can make things uh, even better for them and of course now teresa and team have uh, taken the baton on that and really uh, with the community team and the efforts uh, that, that we have implemented continue to make, I would say, really good progress to addressing the needs of uh, both a very, very wide range of uh, of audiences, You know whether that's moderators and power users in our meta community or just more broadly, the average user coming into Stack Overflow or any of our technical Stack Exchange websites and so on. Uh, and so that's really, I would say, the first six months uh, was heavily focused on that. And I think Q2 of 2020 of course, was the heart of the pandemic. And that's when, you know, that sort of changed uh, very much the landscape through a sort of a a curveball to everybody in the world, not only our company. And, uh, you know, we had to make some hard decisions, unfortunately, because, you know, one of our product lines was affected by uh, the fact that hiring was uh, slower for organizations and our talent business, which is focused on that topic, slowed down a bit. And so, as a result, uh, you know, we we had to make hard decisions. And then, secondly, you know, at the same time, we noticed a upswing in certain other areas. For example, our advertising business, our Stack Overflow Teams SaaS business; those uh, businesses were actually seeing acceleration uh, with regards to interest levels from companies looking to grapple with, you know, what is the technology stack as they collaborate asynchronously, uh, which is really where our stack overflow of Teams product operates and also synchronously and so on. And then Q3 of this year was, of course, we wrapped up our fundraising, which was uh, raising a large round of financing, uh, about 85 million, so that we had sort of a full tank of gas as we think about realizing our mission over the coming years. And so that was probably the biggest thing that we did, uh, you know, between Q2 and Q3. And of course, now we're in the midst of finishing out Q4 and making sure that we, we realize all the strategic goals that we had laid out for the beginning of the year uh, to the best, uh, to as much as we can. So that's really where we are. Uh, you know, this this period has been, you know, extremely uh, eye-opening, stressful for folks. And, you know, it's sort of impacted people in very, very different ways, right? So if you're a parent, you've had to deal with, you know, managing your, you know your kids' schooling and your... Your professional life and your personal life and how do you man- manage all that and you know there's so many different variants of that right everybody's in different situation different living arrangements and so on and so i think just generally speaking you know uh, i've had to rethink my own kind of way in which uh, we approach the problem at hand as in like how do you keep an organization uh, highly motivated and be empathetic towards their position and at the same time be able to move forward as an organization so i think two things come to mind one is to be uh, really, really, in in terms of being empathetic, absolutely, that's a foundational element. Like, yeah, I think that you know, there's no way you can operate as a leader without empathy these days. But I would say, being empathetic, but also really being there for your employees and and stackers, we like to call them, uh, to make sure they feel highly supported during this time, uh, and that the company is doing everything that they can uh, that it can to to make sure that uh, employees feel like they've got the flexibility. That they have, uh, you know, the um, both in terms of financial flexibility, in terms of team dynamic flexibility and so on. So a small example, uh, so a few examples here would be things like, you know, we've done, uh, we launched something Our people team, did a tremendous effort of launching something called the caretaker policy that gives flexibility for parents with kids and giving them sort of flexible work schedules uh, at our company. We've given uh, you know, things like uh, remote stipends for people to be able to replicate a comfortable way in which they can work with equipment at home. We've given the ability for people to really connect with their fellow stackers through uh, multiple avenues, whether that's, you know, uh, team bonding sessions or cooking classes or yoga classes, or or even uh, we've done uh, coaching, online coaching through a company called Bravely that allows them to have really an opportunity to speak with a career coach as they navigate this time. Uh, so just a range of different things uh, that I think, you know, we've tried to be as proactive as possible to feel, uh, to make sure that our stackers and employees feel that they feel supported through this period. And in general, I would say that it's been well received. Uh, so it's been good to see.
1: Yeah. Sarah, I'd love to hear from you what, you know, you've been able to utilize for me personally, as Prashanth was saying, some of the policies, there's one we have implemented for parents and, and I have two kids. So, you know, being able to sort of set up completely, custom schedule so that I can manage homeschool, but also, you know, uh, manage my job was really nice when I needed that flexibility. And then obviously I think, you know, the, uh, extra investment that we got so I could get a desk and set some things up for myself in my new house, you know, that added a huge sort of mental advantage to me. It was like, I'm creating an office space for myself. You know, that was a big deal. And then last but not least, you know, I've been taking these, uh, bravely coaching sessions, which I thought were really nice. Cause that's a, a place to talk about work struggles and stress, but it's not with your colleagues. It's kind of like having a, almost like a business therapist or something like that. Sarah, what have you been doing to to sort of cope with these times? And I guess talk a little bit about, yeah, maybe some of the things the company's been doing that's helping you.
2: Yeah, I really appreciated that part of the blog post because um, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. You know, we're all remote now. And I feel closer to my coworkers now during this time Mm -hmm. than I did before. I think one thing I really appreciated as a manager is just the toolkit that we've been given to uh, both, you know, make available to employees and ourselves, you know, including the things like our flexible work from home policies and the budget we've been given to, you know, buy tools and the things that we need. I think that one thing that has been a really strong part of it is just being able to work closely with coworkers and be more open and honest with each other. You know, there's afternoons when people I work with or people on the team are like, hey, you know, my daughter's home today and um, that's a rare thing for me. And so I'm going to be working on my laptop. I'm not really available for meetings and things like that are can be hard if you don't know someone well um, or if you don't have mm-hmm. that trust on your team. And so establishing that environment of trust where people can really open up and say, hey, you know, having a hard week today, do you mind if I lean on you a little bit? That's been something I think that's been central to the past, you know, eight months. And so that's, that's been a really neat part of being here at Stack.
1: Yeah, that was something that Teresa, our, our chief product and technical officer said during the remote meetup that I thought was so interesting. She's starting every one on one by herself trying to be as vulnerable as possible. And that gives other people you know, the permission to do that as well, right? You know, there are things I think about being a leader where you want to say, I want to project confidence and strength, but also, you know, you have to let people know, as you said, that it's, it's okay to feel that way sometimes, and you can sort of model that behavior. So I thought what she had to say there was very interesting. Yeah, Sarah, I would like to get your thoughts on this, but one of the things that Prashanth and I have been talking about is that Stack Overflow is kind of unique. There's actually a piece published in Business Insider, uh, the Indian version over the weekend, you know, it kind of took the opposite route for many businesses, which is you come up with a product idea, like Jewelbots. You know, you prototype it. You think about releasing it. What is the brand? How do we package it? You know, who who's the market? And you, as people buy it, they sort of you know shape the identity of it. And then you know, maybe you form a community around it. You have hackathons and meetups and things like that. Stack Overflow was kind of the opposite, right? Like first it was the free community. And I know, Sarah, you were in there early, user 4,000 and whatever it was.
2: 140. And
1: 140. then around that community formed sort of a, a brand identity, you know, coders, knowledge shares, people who are learning online. And then out of that came learnings about, oh, you know, maybe we could productize the interest here or, you know, the recruitment. But I think most specifically Stack Overflow Teams is taking the platform, the public platform and the community, you know, sort of learnings and turning that into something that works internally. So it's interesting to me to have that sort of reverse evolution. And we may see things, you know, more things like that in the future, I think.
2: Yeah. I think on a much smaller scale than Stack Overflow, I've seen a few companies start communities first or companies Mm. organically come from communities. And I think it really allows you to truncate the length of time it takes to determine what people need, right? If you have Mm -hmm. those people that you're hearing from, that you're already talking to, like we have in our community, we're able to work in a much more thoughtful product-led way because um, we talk to them all the time. We sit with our users and we hear from them. This is what we could really use from you. And in the case of Teams, it was, you know, we have a lot of coders that come to our site and they want to ask questions that's specific to their code base, uh, and they can't mm-hmm. because it's a security issue. Um, and so right. we started to hear from them, you know, it, it would be so great. You know, I have a, we have an internal team of a thousand coders and or, you know, some of them are 30,000 coders. And we want <laughs> to ask each other yeah. questions, but we can't. And being able to hear that from our existing users and build a solution that works for them is great. And the neat thing is that it works, you know, beyond just coders. We're seeing this have a great impact on organizations.
0: Yeah, no, it's a great, uh, it's, I think it's a great question and observation. And, you know, I've talked about this quite a bit uh, externally recently, is that most companies, when they differentiate, they think about uh, product almost all the time, you know, maybe 80% of the time. And then uh, some companies differentiate using brand. And I think uh, so. those are the two primary ways in which people, the two pillars at the macro level that people think about product and brand. But one underestimated way in which people differentiate is through community. And, you know, of course, you know, Stack Overflow, we are in the sort of the quote unquote business of building communities, whether that's external public communities or internal communities within companies or organizations to Stack Overflow for teams. And, you know, that's what we've been living for a long time. And so to your point, Stack Overflow, you know, we took a different uh, vantage point. And this is, by the way, uh, we see some other, you know, there's some great companies that have done this, like a, like a MongoDB is another example of a company that's done this really well. And that, like both of us, we started with a community with solving a very specific set of problems and, you know, making life easier for developers back in the day. Uh, and that obviously really, really grew very virally. And then after that point, that, that created its own brand. You know, Stack Overflow is a very, very powerful brand. It's a top 50 website in the world uh, because of that community. In many ways, what that community created in terms of the value that it, that it creates for everybody. And that brand was a second dimension through different, uh, for differentiation. And then finally, you know, more recently in our evolution, we've started, you know, more deliberate efforts around how do we build products that extend the value of the initial problems that we were solving through the public platform of the community into even more value-added things. So so that leads to this kind of place in time for us as a company. It's like, you know, what does it mean to be product-led?
1: Yeah, I think that's really well articulated. One of the things we learned during the remote meetup was sort of what is our thesis and and thinking through deeply what it means to be a product-led company. I learned a lot from listening to you speak and from Teresa. One of the things I thought was really interesting was that there is this moment where you say, like, well... You know, if we release this product, what do we think the total addressable market is? Or, you know, how are we going to create demand? But a more interesting way might be the opposite, where you have a public platform. And as you see demand growing internally for a certain feature, or as Sarah said, you know, for a certain offshoot of it, you can say, all right, let's let that demand build up to a certain point. And then we know, you know, we're going to be able to land with momentum because we've already seen from the public side, hey, this is something people are asking for. Prashant, talk to us a little bit about your sort of What's your interpretation of a product-led company?
0: It's really an extension of what we have historically done uh, by focusing on the user in a way that's hyper-focused to make sure that that user experience, in terms of the problems that they're facing on a day-to-day basis, is we're obsessing about how to solve those problems at every step of their journey with Stack Overflow. And, you know, if you you do uh, look at some of business history, you will see that. Uh, or just technologies, uh, technology companies, you know, the fastest growing organizations are actually product led versus any other sort of form factor, right? Whether that's sales led or marketing led and so on. And so we really think it's very much along the lines of our DNA as a company. And, you know, we really also want to be really see these benefits to the community because the community, the way they benefit is that they get a much more deliberate effort from our company and organization to deliver on features and requests from the community on on what they would like to see both on the public community side and for us to be systematic and almost in a product roadmap and launch sort of perspective and taking that product lens to that equation, uh, to that problem. And then extending that value to paid products like Stack Overflow for Teams, where if they want to collaborate and share knowledge asynchronously, especially in this remote era where people are suffering from all the synchronous work and through Zoom fatigue and so on, uh, or being constantly pinged on your chat ops uh, program then you have the ability to do that through Stack Overflow for Teams with the same loved format for the most part uh, that you, know, you get to extend internally. So, so we believe that the focus on the user and then to drive adoption and viral growth as a result of that allows, you know, this immediate virtual cycles where the more and more people that are on the platform, the more and more that community, internal community gets valuable. So the same principles we've used externally in the public community can be extended internally, uh, which is why I think being product-led, I think, is powerful.
1: So I guess, yeah, I mean, over the year, what's one thing you would say, you know, has been really exciting or different to, you know, your perspective in terms of features we've released or, you know, product changes we've made? What's one thing you've seen that you feel like was really special in your first year?
0: Yeah. So Articles is effectively a a new feature that we've launched in our Stack Overflow for Teams uh, product. Uh, And it's through, you know, in our business tier, which is our mid-tier and the idea was really born because of customer feedback. And so what we noticed is that our, you know, our much loved QA format, which is so popular in the public uh, platform and community, uh, and also which was the foundation of what we built in our Stack Overflow Teams product, uh, what we heard customers say is that, yeah, I think this is very powerful. What would be even more powerful for me to even retire my internal wikis? Uh, and you know other things that maintain uh, some uh, you know longer form content is if you actually enable longer form content, you as in Stack Overflow enable longer form content uh, in combination with Q and A. So we went and explored that. Our team, product engineering teams, uh, did a tremendous job of of exploring that. and you know Teresa, uh, Dietrich, our CPO, you know announced this on a on a blog post uh, earlier this quarter. And the idea was to make sure that developers and technologists, uh, had the opportunity to do things like write how- to guides, uh, retro documents on product launches that may not have gone that well or or even um, you know FAQ documents or policy documents, et cetera, in combination with Q and A. Uh, And which is, by the way, uh, a second feature that we had launched actually earlier in the year, which is called collections. So collections is a combination of Q&A as well as longer form content like articles to do the things that I just mentioned. And that combination is very powerful, especially when you target it uh, or target it as in like people can choose to receive these content bundles that are very sort of uh, relevant in multi form factors like QA and longer form content that allows them to get rapidly onboarded very quickly or be able to get deep into a topic very quickly because you've got all elements of it, right? Longer form content, QA, and all that. And that's how you don't really need wikis and so on. So it's been very powerfully received uh, uh, by the user base that we've launched it into. And what's even more exciting is this week we launched our business tier in self serve fashion. Uh, so that people can just go onto our websites and basically sign up for Stack Overflow for Teams and experience articles and experience Q&A and all those sort of things in that private setting within their companies.
1: One of the things I found most interesting about this, it was talking with a new employee who's going through that you know period of, hey, I'm just coming on board. I'm learning how things in the team work. I'm learning how our system is set up. What's the hierarchy? Where do I find stuff? And that institutional knowledge that's mostly in people's heads that you have to ask. And what he said he was doing was every time he would ask a question and get an answer, he would create a QA couplet. You know, so he was adding that information in. And then once he'd gotten five or six on a certain one, he would create an article that sort of, you know, put those things together. And so his process for onboarding and learning became part of the team's process for creating better documentation. So that seems really additive to me, you know, something that normally might you think of as, as, as friction, which is the process of onboarding and teaching somebody new things. Maybe you can take that instead and make it into something that's additive in the sense that you're building this up for the future. So I thought that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah. No, I was going to say, it's a great experience for a new employee to also be able to contribute because everyone's onboarding experience is different. Um, So we've been doing the same on the community team. Just anytime someone has a question, just jump over and either write a how-to as an article or start uh, adding to our knowledge base.
1: All right, before we go, I just have to shout out the ticket smash on the community team. Two weeks, 631 tickets. That is no slouch, so... Yeah. we're It was super uh, fun. It was super fun. Good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's great uh, meeting our moderate, you know, like uh, folks on our team, like myself included that usually don't get to resolve these tickets, get to jump in and help our moderators. And that's a great feeling.
1: Spring cleaning or fall cleaning in this case yeah. it always feels good. All right. Well, thank you to both of you for coming for this special episode. Prashanth, congratulations on your one year anniversary. It's been a wild ride. It's going to be a hard and long winter, but, uh, you know, we're focused on keeping up the energy and the empathy, our connections with one another. I love the question you shared uh, in your blog post about spiderweb, so I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. But, you know, finding new ways to build connections with people, as Sarah said, finding new ways to make, you know, socialization part of your daily routine this whole everybody remote uh, you know, thing has been a big learning process for us. Yeah, I, I got to say, I'm pre- I feel pretty lucky to be at this company um, in these times. All right, we're signing off. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, and I'm just at Ben Popper on Twitter.
2: And I'm Sarah Chips, our Director of Community here at Stack Overflow. And you can find me at IWillVote.org, where you can find <laughs> out how you can vote in your local area.
0: I'm Prashant Chandrasekhar, CEO here at Stack Overflow. You can find me on LinkedIn under my name or on Twitter at P. Chandrasekhar.
1: All right, everybody, have a great week. Go out and vote and we'll talk to you soon.